Every morning I tend to flip through the paper, see what's going on, and lately I've been checking out the horoscope section. Why? Because the cartoons and the horoscopes are on the same page for some reason. So I like to get a chuckle by reading the cartoons, but then the horoscope is right there, so you can't help but have a peek at it. Am I right or am I right? You're right. Or, or, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. No, that that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect for this horoscope. Okay. Remember what you just said. I have no idea. Yeah. Somewhere between man and dog you were talking. Yeah. Here is the horoscope because we are both Taurus. That's what I was trying to say. We're both the same sign. Really? Because it sounded like you wanted a bone. This is so good. This is the horoscope for Taurus. Today you are an ex- you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is even better. Wait until I get to sentence number two, because this applies to both of us right now. Take two on horoscope. Today you are an example to others. Your writing and speaking abilities <laughs> will be in top form. Let me repeat that. Your writing and speaking abilities will be in top form. Whoa, we may have missed that one. We disproved this horoscope. This marks the cycle of renewed energy. Your professional aspirations <laughs> Your professional aspirations will bring a special sense of fulfillment. <laughs> I'm not even trying to screw this up right now. How the now. hell did we get hired? Hold on, I'm trying to finish this last sentence. Okay. Your professional aspirations will bring a special sense of fulfillment by the end of today. That means we're getting fired. I'm pretty sure. I feel pretty fulfilled right now. So do you believe horoscopes? I do now. Couple of random facts for you. The town of Spearfish, South Dakota, holds the world record for the fastest temperature change. The actual temperature thing is is not that dramatic because we've had swings of like 40 degrees up here where you go from that minus 30 to above zero in a day. But it's the fact that this happened within a two-minute span. So on January 22nd, 1943, the temperature, and I've converted this to Celsius, the temperature at 7.30 in the morning was minus 20. Okay. Two minutes later, it was plus seven. In two minutes, the winds picked up two minutes later, it went to 7 degrees from minus 20. Are you sure it just wasn't faulty equipment? See, you just are negative Nancy on everything. I'm not. I'm just trying to explore You're, every option Do you know here. how hard I work at getting these random facts? And I love it. And that's a great random fact. But <laughs> that just seems a little too wild to go from minus 20 to plus 7. I'm guessing there's some sort of malfunction with I'm, the recording equipment. I'm guessing that it says in the story that it's a world record. So obviously, it was proven by science. And when was this story? In 43? Yeah. 1943? Yeah. So they were probably just using a regular mercury thermometer. So maybe somebody was lighting a cigarette near the thermometer, and that caused the dramatic swing in temperatures. Holy man. You've ruined everything. Oh, man. I was so happy to come in here today, and now you've just ruined my life. We are way down the rabbit hole now, okay? And that's just theory number one. Theory number two, he was cooking bacon by the thermometer. No, they don't cook bacon in weather stations, meathead. How do you know? Because have I've you been, been in, in a... You're damn right. Have you been in a 1943 weather station? You tell me. Wow. Have you been in a 1943 weather station? I rest my case. Holy man.
I'm reading this story right now, and it's kind of cool, and you'll get a kick out of it because you were at one time uh, someone who enjoyed running, you know, a bit of a marathon or 5K. I don't mind the odd 5K jog. Yeah. Never done the big boy marathon, though, right? Like a real marathon? Well, like the 26-mile one, 52K. I can barely handle a five. Yeah. Well, this woman in uh, Thailand uh, loves running the real marathon, and so she was running in one the other day, and she was seven miles in, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, she noticed runners ahead of her were kind of, you know, zigzagging on on the trail. And she thought, well, what's going on? And she was zigzagging. They were zigzagging because there was a little puppy there. And and there was no houses around. They were kind of out in the country. No other dogs, no nothing. So this woman picked up the puppy and ran the other 19 miles with the puppy in her arms. Well, now it's 19 miles away from its owner. <laughs> Never going to find it. <laughs> there is nothing up there. Is this supposed to be a happy story? Well, it is a happy story because she picked up the dog. Then after the race was done and in the ensuing days, she was on social media. She was doing everything to find the owners of this dog. Couldn't do it. So she took the dog to a vet, got all its fancy schmancy shots, and then she adopted him. Really? So that makes it a damn good happy story, Steve. Well, the way I see it, she grabbed the dog and ran. It was a theft. She pretty much oh, grabbed boy. the dog and ran away you know, you... with no intention of finding the owner oh, just I so see. she could adopt it. So she stole the dog. It's not a happy story. In I fact, see. this is a terrible story, and shame on you for bringing up and promoting You such... are deranged. <laughs> Do you use air fresheners in your car? Yes. The little tree one you put on the rearview mirror? No. I get one of those clip-on things, okay. put it in the, in the vent. See, I usually don't use car air fresheners, uh-huh. but when I was cleaning up my house on Sunday, I came across this bag, which I assume I got from a golf tournament. There was a car air freshener in there. Yes. And it was called bourbon. Bourbon? I'm like, oh man, that is a manly smell. <laughs> I need my car to smell manly. Uh-huh. So I took said bourbon air freshener, put it in my car, and I did not return until yesterday morning. And I couldn't help but notice that it did not smell like bourbon. Okay? <laughs> right now, my car smells more like speed stick. Speed stick. The deodorant. Yeah. What my car smells like, picture this in your mind. My car right now smells like, let's say, an uncle at a summertime barbecue who's sweating profusely but wearing speed stick and uh-huh. comes up to you and gives you a hug. And that pit is just exposed right to your nostril. That's nice, huh? That is what my car smells like right now. <laughs> Sweaty Uncle Speed Stick. <laughs> I, I use Speed Stick. Do you? Yeah. My car smells like John Carter right now. I can't say it's pleasant. It's tolerable. But it's something I would never put in my car again. If something comes to mind here. If the bourbon... Air freshener? Air freshener smelt really like bourbon... And a policeman stopped you, he'd say, you've been drinking, boy. <laughs> that would right? be a better scenario than driving to work <laughs> with sweaty speed stick. So my question is, yes. what are some other poor choices for a car air freshener? Uh-huh. Just off the top of your head, what would be a terrible smell to put in your car? I'm thinking hot tuna. Hot tuna would be bad. <laughs> a hot tuna air freshener. How about r- r- rotting goats? <laughs> Wow, this just took a dark turn. Rotting goats? I don't know why that came Oh, there is plenty of choices out there, John. We're talking rotting eggs, maybe skunk, 
But you go straight to rotting goats? Yeah, I don't know. What in the hell is wrong with you? Where do you want to start? Do you remember when they cloned that sheep in Scotland? Dolly. I think it was 97. It's just like you had the sheep's name right off the top of your head. Everybody knows Dolly. You probably have pictures of her up in your room. Yeah, so that's the path you want to go down this morning, huh? (laughs) What are you getting at here, Carter? Well, if you own a pet... You want that pet to be with you for as long as it can be or forever, especially if you like your pet. So how do you do that? You go the Dolly route. Mm. There's this woman in Seattle. Her name's Amy, and she might be a little bit crazy. She's got a 13-year-old toy poodle named Buner, and she says she couldn't cope with the idea of him dying, so she cloned him, and it worked. She paid a company 50 grand wow. to clone him and got three copies back which she's named, well, Buner, Junior, Baxter, and Ditto. And she says she plans on continuing to keep making clones of him so that he can live forever. Oh, isn't that sweet? Well, sort of, I guess. Now, if you want to play God, uh, she used a company called Viagen Pets in Texas. And they'll clone a dog for you for 50 grand. They'll do a cat for 25. Well, John, you know that I... I really do like you, and I was thinking about doing the same thing when you pass, uh-huh. cloning John, but I think they already did that, and it was called Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> Booyah! Steve for the win. I'm out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I got nothing. We took a drive out to the mighty Bow Island yesterday. Boy, did we ever. There's not much to see on Highway 3, is there? Not a lot. A lot of cows, though. A lot of cows. And as we were driving to Bow Island (laughs) and on the way back, you made the observation that there was many cows that were sitting down or lying down in the fields. Yeah. Which means what, John? Rain. Rain is on the way? That's what I learned a long time ago. I had never really heard that. I know. you, You said I'm full of crap. I won't be as quick to say you're full of crap now. Okay. It is an old wives' tale. It is. That cows sitting down in the field mean that rain is coming. See? But there's some theories when it comes to the cows sitting down in the field predicting rain. Uh, The simplest one being that cows can sense increasing air moisture Mm -hmm. and will plop down to preserve a dry patch of grass. Right. Or another theory states that cows lie down to ease their stomachs, which are supposedly sensitive to changes in atmospheric pressure. And they have more than one stomach. That's right. They got four. However, science says there's likely no link between cows sitting down. What the hell does science know? The Farmer's Almanac says cows lying down in a field probably just means they're chewing on their cud. That's about it. But the, your first theory you brought up that somebody suggested they're keeping a patch of grass dry, mm-hmm. that's just good eating when the rain passes. They can chew on dry grass. Wouldn't they like a wet piece of grass? What, <laughs> would you like a dry steak? Huh? What? What? <laughs> would you like a little moisture in your What food? are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's a lot of holes in your theory, man. Why would you want dry grass... When you can have some nice, fresh, wet grass. Is wet grass better? Well, I'm just comparing it to a steak. Would you like You can't a, compare well, it to a steak. We're talking about cows. Yeah, but, Cows yeah. don't eat steak. Yeah, but where does steak come from? Cows. Cows. That all makes sense, man. <laughs> we have not 
been under the influence of any substance this morning, I can assure you that. Had a wildlife encounter over the weekend. Tell me more. Not uncommon to see your urban deer wandering around your neighborhood. Hell no. Yeah, no, this was not a deer encounter. Coyote. Oh, yeah, I had a coyote. Coyote in the city. We took the boys to the park doing our thing, playing around, and all of a sudden, coyote comes around the corner. I think it had a gopher in its mouth. Really? But it kind of went around the outer edge of the playground, kind of eyed us a bit. I'm keeping an eye on it. But then it went into the soccer field, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. Okay, five, ten minutes later, coyote starts coming back towards the playground. Uh And there was my family and a few other people there, and it seemed like the coyote was eyeing us. Like he was ready to pounce. <laughs> like he was sizing up which child he wanted to snag and uh, run off. Uh, he may have looked like that, but that wouldn't have been his plan. Well, I was a bit concerned, okay? Yeah, you so, sure it wasn't just a dog? No, no trust me. You know what a coyote, was yeah. it Wild E Coyote? Trust me. As I mentioned, the coyotes eyeing us down on the playground. Uh-huh. So I figured I have to protect my family. I got to do something. <laughs> So what do you do in a situation like that? You probably started yelling, yip, yip, yip. No. Went to my vehicle and got the tire iron out of the back. What? Just in case it charged me. I wanted to club it with something. So here I am walking around the playground. At the end. With a tire iron. With a tire iron in my head. Now who's the freak? What are the other people thinking? At the time, this was like the the greatest plan I'd ever come with. Let's hold on to a tire iron. Now, out of context, if somebody had just rolled up to the park and there's Steve (laughs) waving a tire iron, there could have been a problem. Yeah, there would have been a big problem. There could have been some police called. (laughs) So I'm I'm walking around with the tire iron, and then uh, Sawyer wanted me to go play with him So (laughs) on the playground. Uh So I said, here, Cynthia. Hold the tire iron. <laughs> now she's walking around the playground. Oh, come on. With a tire iron. You're killing me. That's just a good family activity right there. <laughs> the family that clubs coyotes together stays together. But the coyote, he ran off. Uh, tire iron went back into the vehicle, and we all got smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone lived happily ever after. Before you jump in the shower this morning, you may want to ponder this one. How many times do you use a towel before you wash it? This is going to be like a bed sheet thing for you, I'm thinking. How many times do I use my towel before I wash it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when it really starts to stink. <laughs> so I can't put a number on it, but I can put a smell on it. According to an expert, the magic number, three. Somebody asked an expert, and the magic number is three. That's the maximum, maximum number of showers that you should use the same towel for, then it's time to wash it. I'm just going to use a little Steve Chrysak logic here, but if I'm having a shower and I step out of the shower, I would be clean. And if I pat myself off with a towel, therefore it should be clean water going onto the towel. Wrong. No harm, no foul. Keep using that, baby. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And here's why. Bacteria and mold start growing each time a towel gets damp. Hanging it up to dry slows the process, but doesn't stop it. Once you've used the same towel three times, it hits a tipping point. And after that, you're basically rubbing bacteria and mold 
all over your body. Some people have a fetish for that kind of thing. Pressing company <laughs> may or may not be included. <laughs> Three showers only applies if you hang your towel up. Uh, if you just toss it on the floor, nay, nay. Because it's going to stay wet longer. It's going to grow bacteria and mold more of it. And then you're really in trouble. I am guilty. I'm like you. When it starts to stink, then she she goes into the washer. Could be a couple of months. I'm not ruling out months. <laughs> Weeks for sure. I just happened to run into my grandmother or stop to see my grandmother. <laughs> she was clearing out some stuff. And she had this old, old notebook or like a scribbler you would get in school. Yeah. I remember getting these scribblers they would have us do stupid diaries with or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so she had this notebook she was getting rid of, and on the back of it was this conversion table. And I, I started reading some of these measurements, and I've never heard of them. Really? So I'm hoping you might be able to shed some light on this one, okay? Okay, I'd like to help. Have you ever heard of gills? Gills, yes, oh. fish have them. Yeah, well, then not in this case, oh. because four gills equals a pint. Four gills? I was able to Google this one. A gill is about a half cup. Okay. So four gills equals a pint. Two pints is one quart. Four quarts is a gallon. Yeah. And then this is where it gets weird. Yeah. Nine gallons equals a firkin. A what? <laughs> a firkin. A firkin? Nine gallons is a firkin. F I R K I N. Have you ever heard of a firkin? <laughs> no, I've never heard of a firkin. Do we know what year this is from? That's what I want to try and find out if somebody can recognize a firkin. A firkin or with the, if this is more English or something like that. It sounds like it. Because in some of the other measurements it's like uh 14 pounds is a stone. Yeah. I know that a stone yes. is an English well, it's, measurement. Yeah, it's European, I think. So we got the 9 gallons equals a firkin. <laughs> 36 gallons is a barrel. But this is the one that really got me which made me scratch my head and led to this whole conversation. 63 gallons equals one hogshead. <laughs> 63 gallons is one hogshead. So you've never heard of these measurements before? Nope. We got firkins and we got hogheads. Firkins is what? Uh, let's see here. Nine gallons is a firkin. Nine gallons is a firkin. I just like that. Firkin. <laughs> I'm going to drink a firkin of beer tonight. I know, and I think this is uh, more towards alcohol, so get me some firkin wine. Be careful how you say that.